Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Failed Critics Podcast. I'm Steve Norman. I'm joined in a pub. Yeah, it's beef a pub? eater. It's a, it's a beef eater. The same beef eater we were in last time. It was. I wasn't here. No, you weren't no. here this time. But no. you are here. You're I'm physically here in You were presence. invited last time. Why didn't I come? I don't know. Yeah. Probably too far away. Because we told yeah. him the wrong day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was here. <laughs> no one else was. Like the old British Airways happen. Yeah. Where is everybody? <laughs> Uh, I'm joined by Owen Hughes. Hello. And Andrew Brooker. Gents. Um, and what's what's the reason for us being here? Other than food, booze, drink, drink, and an opportunity for us to do a possibly final podcast in person for Bell Critics. Yes. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Sounds ominous. It does sound a bit. It sounds ominous, like it needs an explanation. Yeah. Right. <laughs> is this an okay? This is going to be the announcement. I was planning on doing a proper preparation. Owen's, the, Owen's got um, better, better <laughs> offers on the table. I've basically um, finished my degree. And it's like when Jerry went, left the Spice Girls. It, I thought you were saying Jerry left Seinfeld. And it's the second. No. It seems you said Jerry, I think. Oh, yeah. No. No. Um, you were saying I went Springer and wonder where he was going to go with that. <laughs> no, I went Halliwell. Yeah. <laughs> um, the best Jerry. Yeah. Um, either Halliwell, Seinfeld or Springer. I don't know which of which of the three is most applicable? No, I um, have finished my degree, which was in journalism. I'm trying to get into journalism as a job. I've also set up... You don't want this on your CV. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be buried. I'm changing my name. <laughs> no, the um, Set the Tape is basically going to have a podcast soon. And um, I can't really run to. Is the reason for that. And so... One of those had to go, it had to be Foul Critics. Not that it necessarily is ending completely, it just means it's not going to be a regular thing anymore. Yeah. We might come and back come back and do a, like a big film comes out and we just want to chat shit about it for an hour or so. Yeah. Or if we have ideas for triple bills. Yeah. Basically, I haven't got the wherewithal about me to run a website. I'm more the um, more the talent, not the... Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> No, I did. I mean, it, it, we've talked about it, obviously, and you know, if you wanted it, it would have been yours. But we've kind of thought that, you know, we'll um, move our considerable talent. Five-year plans, wasn't it? It's yeah. Five years. It's the end of the five-year plan. That's it. Yeah. And um, five years being completely libelous every week on the podcast, and you can't have that associated with you. Yeah. Now you're trying to be a real journalist. Yeah. No, it's not really that. I mean, it's just that um, I used the, the I used Bell Critics. It was quite handy to get onto the journalism degree course anyway. 
Really? As part of my yeah, I used it as like evidence that I've been interested in this media side of things. They didn't listen to any, did they? They didn't test it. No, (laughs) thankfully. But um, it just seems like a natural time to conclude it, really. And it's been very sad, and we've talked about it like months ago, months and months ago. Yeah, they just dropped the bombshell on me, and I didn't talk to anyone for about a week. Did you cry? <laughs> no, I was just in shock. I mean, I, he just lives on his own. <laughs> I, with, I withdrew from society. Yeah. Is this your first time out since then? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not seen daylight since today. And I've come all this way on the train. You still haven't seen daylight. It's pretty grey yeah. out there. We are in a tiny little booth in the corner. It's actually quite good to do a podcast. The audio is pretty good, yeah. Yeah, some nice pictures on the wall. Uh, some nice police sirens outside. Yeah. No, lots of ambulance have been passed today. Yeah. Um, who is this old guy on the picture? That, I can't read it. A portrait of Jesuit called... Harry Oxford. Titan Schoolmaster. Titans. Titans. T-I-T-I-A-N-S. Titan. He's a Titan. Titan. Wow. Jesuit called Titian Schoolmaster. Okay. That's probably the name of the picture, right? From the painting by something, I'm not reading that because it's not a painting podcast. City and Schoolmaster sounds like it's someone in a film I'd watch. <laughs> sounds like someone in a film I own. Yeah. It's the film I started. There we go, yeah. all three. Mm. Um, but no, we're yeah. just here to do just another podcast, basically. Yeah, we've not really planned anything. Um, well, we have. But like, <laughs> I, I got the text message with our plan on my drive here, yeah. which means I've planned nothing. No, we've got a hastily prepared-ish triple bill, right? Yes. Kind of. Yeah. Which is that was like which a, is our yeah. best film of 2017, TV show of 2017, and Netflix original yeah. of 2017. Whether that's a feature-length movie or their version of a TV show, it's not really a TV show on Netflix, is it? Because it's, no. it's not made for TV. And you can series. watch a whole series in a, in a day. Yeah. It's, it's just a Netflix original show. Mm. Yeah. Or a Netflix series, they call it, isn't it? It's a programme or a show or... But I do watch it on my TV. Yeah. So. But you could watch it on your phone. I could, could, but it's not 50 inch now, is it? Not really. Don't get 4K on your phone. Well, I do. <laughs> oh, you do? <laughs> I do, but no. Yeah. I'm still confused about inches, so I can't <laughs> comment. No. But, um... Yeah, so we've got that one, obviously we're doing just uh, what we've been watching. No quiz, maybe a quiz, we'll see. We, what, what happens when we get to Weatherspoons and we look at the quiz machine? But, uh, what odd feature that would be. What we've been watching now, we take a look at the uh, films we've seen recently. Um, last time we recorded for Justice League, I'd seen loads, hadn't I? Yeah, you'd seen yeah, tons of stuff. Yeah, when you've messaged me this, this week for this one, I thought... I can't remember what films I've seen. I don't think mm. I've seen anything really. Nothing at all. Nothing worth like talking yeah. about that like, hasn't been done to death. Like Force Awakens went onto Netflix and with The Last Jedi coming out next week, mm-hmm. I watched that. Yeah. Um, and still, 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 still as good. Still, yeah, still good, still good fun. Um, you said fourth best. Yes. No, when we were talking about it earlier. So, um, for me, anyway, people are free to disagree with me if they like. I think Empire Strikes Back is the best. Yeah. Then A New Hope. Right. Then I would say Rogue One. Uh-huh. And then Force Awakens. Then Return of the Jedi. Then. You guess. Then, then, <laughs> then Revenge of the Sith, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones. You'd really put Rogue One that high. 
I loved it. I thought it was okay. great. I thought it really worked for something that wasn't part of the main story. It wasn't part. Okay. It wasn't set as part of the three trilogies. Yeah. But it, I thought it linked really well between. Um, you know, it, it led right into a new book yeah. really well. Yeah. It like perfectly did it. It just ran straight in. You could have watched them both back to back, which I did, and it just slots in seamlessly. Okay. I just thought it was clever the way they brought back Peter Cushing. Yeah. Um, I didn't mind the CGI young Princess Leia. It was only right at the end. Yeah. I thought Darth Vader was, was cool as fucking it. He was Marvel have been doing yeah. that shit for years now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no one brings but, it up. But, uh, yeah, Darth Vader was fucking cool. Yeah, it, like really. I will give you the Darth Vader scene was very cool. Just so intimidating. I thought it looked good. I thought I can spoil it now. It's been out for over a year, and people have seen it. I just thought it was really brave in the way they killed off all the main characters. Yeah, and like that. That's quite great because they could have kept a couple of those characters around and done other non non trilogy based films with Cassian yeah. and um, Jin and those yeah. characters. Was Jin Donnie Yen? And one with the force and the forces. No, Jin was Jin Ursa. She was the main oh, female right, yeah. lead. Um, you know, but you know, any of those characters, yeah. they could have they could have kept alive and done something with them in other films, and it would have been great. But but they they didn't. They only great, quite great decision. All the main characters in this film, we're going to kill them all off. I just thought, I just thought, cause it, while it was Star Wars, and so it was so obviously Star Wars, it was it was different. There was no other than Darth Vader who was in a couple of scenes. There was no. There was no force, there was no Jedi, there was yeah. no that side of it. I thought it was quite a good, like, I suppose, way, like a heist movie. They were stealing plans mm-hmm. for something. I thought it looked good. And I, and I even like the callbacks to um, to Star Wars Rebels, which are, I know it's a kid's show, but I like it. It's, it's, it's good, but it's 20 minute episodes in their fourth and final season now of Star Wars Rebels. And I like the callbacks to that that are in it as well. Yeah, and it, yeah, it was it was just good, and I and I, I thought there was more to it than Return of the Jedi. I thought the Force Awakens was more fun than Return of the Jedi, so that's why that gets bumped down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Um, and but yeah. presumably you'll be talking about this more detail with Chris Packett, Dave, and uh, and Paul when we do the well, I say we yeah. when you do the Star Wars podcast. Yes. Anyway, what have you seen now? I have watched a film that I know Brooke has seen as well. Um, which was finally shown on Film 4 recently, Prevenge, uh, Alice Lowe's film, which she starred in, wrote and directed, which is, uh, she plays a character called Ruth, she's seven months pregnant, her character is seven months pregnant, Alice Lowe in real life whilst filming was eight months pregnant, and it's about her unborn baby telling her to kill people, because her, she and the baby blames her for the death of her husband basically so she goes around murdering loads of people and it's I, I kind of liked it and also felt it was a bit underwhelming at the same time it got a lot of hype it was very hyped for, for a little indie black comedy horror that shouldn't have taken as much hype as it got well, I think it, the hype was kind of deserved if you if you if you consider that okay, this is Alice Lowe who co-wrote Sightseers. Yes, and, and co-starred in Sightseers, and, and obviously yeah, starred in Sightseers as well. And um, so this is her writing, directing, and starring. I think the hype was fair. Yeah. Um, maybe like on a rewatch, 
without that weight of expectation I'll like it more and yeah. I think it's definitely got that feeling of being a cult movie like one that's going to be seen a lot by lots of people it'll be shown at like all-nighters horror yeah. all-nighters and stuff like that uh, it's very competently directed yeah script is fine um, looks good acting in it is pretty good all around uh, interesting characters some kind of kind of gruesome deaths considering it was put together from like conception that wasn't a pun about pregnancy <laughs> but conception to delivery to just follow through on that pun uh, was a month I think turnaround yeah. from yeah. writing the script to filming principal photography yeah. and all that palaver um, if I remember right she literally she done it to keep herself busy because yeah she was, she was about six months pregnant at the time couldn't get any work because no. no one was hiring her because she was pregnant and so I thought well I'll just write my own thing yeah. and so obviously the whole story is formed around the, the fear and anxiety of being pregnant and what happens when you're pregnant and you know bringing someone into the world and um, it's obviously not directly doing stuff like that but it does it around I've got I've written down a quote actually which I thought was quite sort of um, well, to, she says it towards the end of the film because um, she's at this point quite guilty she's killed loads of people feeling like she's you know, blaming herself and stuff and someone accuses her of grieving and she says I'm not grieving I'm gestating which is obviously a funny <laughs> line but um, that's the whole kind of message of the whole film I think yeah. it's, it's, she's about to give birth which is quite a big thing to do and so there's all this pressure, people are always patronising her because she's pregnant and she sees the midwife who talks down to her and um, they have some funny scenes together. Yeah, yeah I mean overall it's a, it's a good film. Um, I just don't know, I don't know, I thought, I, I, perhaps I just expected more from it. I liked it, I, I haven't felt the need to go back and watch it again and now it's on film 4, I suppose I should because I've got no reason not to. I, I it's funny though, isn't it? Because it came out, I think you mentioned it as well at the time, where it came out around about the same time as Anti-Birth. Yes. <laughs> which was an American indie horror about yeah. getting pregnant and giving birth to like a giant yeah. head thing. But Anti-Birth was a very... In, in Trippy, right? It's typical American fashion, isn't it? Like kind of, Revenge was subtle in its comedy. It was Psychological more yeah, so than anything it was, else. It was... And some very gruesome deaths, you're right, but the kind of the point to it was very subtle, whereas Antibirth really was not subtle in any way, shape, no. colour or form. It was a stoner horror, basically. Yes, it yeah, was. So there was. There was cultural differences between the two, but they both deal with similar yeah. concepts, which is about pregnancy and anxiety and yeah. stress and the way the world sees you and the way you see the world in that sort of situation. Yeah. And I thought, um, yeah, both kind of came out at the same time. I'm not sure which I prefer. If I was going to watch another one again, I probably would watch Antibirth. Yeah, I think for rewatch value, I think Antibirth pips it for me. Uh, yeah. Not by much. No. But I think I had more fun with Antibirth when I watched it. More of the properly laughing out loud and more, yeah. holy fuck, what is going on if here? Because of that ending, right? Yeah. I mean, if you were going to dissect them from a... If you were you're going to write an essay about them, right? Prevenge probably has more to it. You could, yes. you could understand more. You could compare it with other films in the medium. And they keep yeah. referencing an old film as well. Throughout it, the black and white—I can't remember what the actual yeah. film it's recommend. It's um, calling back series, but that's probably got more substance. But Antibirth is just more fun. Yeah, it's just completely over the top. It's and out bonkers. There. And it has the woman from 
Orange is the New Black, who and Natasha. Yes, who's very good. I think she plays that role really well in Anti Lion, Leon, something like Natasha that. Yeah. Something. The one with the long, crazy hair. Yeah, the right. bird from American Pie. And American Pie, yeah, yeah. So that's what I've been watching, Steve. Revenge. What have you seen? I'm going to stick with indie horror for that for this one. Then I recently watched a film I missed at Fright Fest this year, which by the time I got to missing it, I realised it was a bad thing that I was missing it. But the way the schedules worked at Fright Fest, it just I I couldn't. I had to make a choice between that and another film I was dying to watch. So I went to the film I was dying to watch, and this one is Mayhem. Ah, uh, yeah, no, I know this. Joe Lynch's made Yes. The guy uh, from Walking Dead. The guy from Walking Dead, Stephen Young. Yun. Stephen Yun yeah. is in it. Uh, and the bird from The Babysitter. I've forgotten a fucking name. Uh, and I took a screenshot of the IMDb page because I knew I'd have... She's in The Nice Guys. Yeah, Samantha, Samara Weaving. That's it. Uh, so, yeah, this is so Joe Lynch, the guy that made Everly. Wrong mm-hmm. turn too. Has made, basically... Uh, a comedy horror-ish. Okay. It's not really a horror if yeah. you... It is, but <laughs> there's not a single scare in it. It's just very bloody, very violent. And it's about uh, a law firm. So Stephen Young is a lawyer called Derek. Yeah. Who, along with the rest of his office building, is infected with, I believe it's called the ID7 virus. The ID7 virus is the virus that gives you, what well, it just completely removes all your inhibitions. So we're talking violence, right. sex, everything. Yeah. Completely removes your inhibitions. Now there is a cure to this virus. Uh-huh. So the building is cordoned off and the cure pumped into the air conditioning system. So you're basically, he's on an eight hour timer. And in the eight hours he has to A, go and get his job back. Uh, because he's lost it for being an arsehole or for not being a big enough arsehole and get back Samara Weaving's character who is Melanie get her because she's being removed from her house for not being able to pay her mortgage right so trying to get that all signed off so that and in so basically he has eight hours to climb up several floors of this office building to get to the big boss and everybody is in his way from the boss and his subordinates to the people he works with Everyone's trying to kill him, or everyone's trying to fuck everybody else. Yeah. It's just, it's mayhem. Literally, yeah, yeah. it's mayhem. Uh, it is, without a doubt, probably the most fun 80 minute film I've seen this year. Oh, really? Wow. It is bonkers. Yeah. It is absolutely mental, but it is so much fun. They were talking the podcast you recommended to me with. Movie uh, Crypt. Yeah. Him and Adam Green. Yes, yeah, yeah. so it's generally interesting. That's. I didn't start listening to the movie clip after I saw after I went to Fright Fest right. which is where I then started feeling really sorry for myself for not going to see Mayhem so the second <laughs> so the second it went on iTunes in the States I bought it completely blind just went fuck it I'm buying it I spent $15 on far far worse I can guarantee it and it turns out to actually be one of my best purchases yeah. so far this year that's always good when that happens yeah it's basically uh, you were saying earlier you haven't seen it but it's basically the Belco experiment Mm-hmm. If the Belco experiment was an out-and-out comedy, as opposed to just being a really dark comedy. Yeah, sure. Uh, so the Belco experiment was made by the guy that made Wolf Creek. Which yeah, Glenn, Greg McLean. Greg McLean. About. Yeah, I, I, I looked that up because we mentioned him last week and we couldn't remember his name. So the guy who made uh, the Rogue film. He made Rogue, yeah. 
so that tells you pretty much everything you need to know about Belko experiment yeah. if you've seen Wolf Creek it's fucking nasty but still kind of funny Mayhem is basically really really funny yeah with some fantastic one lines like I was howling with laughter at this film and at the same time just being really kind of bloody and violent and not mean spirited which the Belko experiment is yeah or can be mm-hmm. I really like the Belko experiment it's one of my favourites of the year but it is mean spirited <laughs> yeah Mayhem is not Mayhem is a buttload of fun who is Glenn from Walking Dead because I don't think I've seen him in anything but The Walking Dead no I haven't uh, he was in one episode of The Big Bang Theory okay this is before Walking Dead though right this is pre-Walking Dead yeah and that's the only other thing I've ever seen him in yeah wow See, I can't think of anything I've seen him in either. I mean he was in Walking Dead for a good from the start years, wasn't years? he he was a well where, what season did he get we're on season it. six now, aren't we? Was it, no, was eight. Was he in the we're on season eight? Yeah. So he was killed beginning of season seven? Yes. Or end of season six? Yeah. Because he, yeah. he was he was gone within the first ten minutes of season seven. Yes. Yeah. But so that, he, that mimics the comics, though, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, it did, yeah. yeah. That was um, pretty much, well, it was like for like what happened mm. in the comics. Pretty gruesome. Mm. Go. But he is fine. He, just, he plays a guy in a suit that's been fucked yeah. over and is angry and yeah. now has had his inhibitions lowered. I don't... But is he funny? Because I get the yeah. opinion he's quite a funny guy. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah. There's an interview with him, actually, on one of the episodes of the movie cut, one of the recent ones, uh, which is a really interesting talk. It talks about Walking yeah. Dead and yeah. how, and they have, like, death parties at the Walking yeah, Dead, yeah. Yeah. which is interesting. Um, I mean, he... There's probably some characters, it probably goes for anything based on a novel or comic or whatever you must kind of know if you're at some point if your character's going to well this is, there, there was and the yeah, conversation they could, they could make changes they could have changed him to mm, somebody yeah. else but you know they would have I, see, quite I, a big impact because he's a big character in it. So I stopped that. watching The Walking Dead that or the year before that yeah. happened uh, and it was just kind of on in the background because the wife watches it Yeah. Uh, but from what I gather from that interview as well was like they were talking about not having him killed off because he's a fan favourite character Yeah. but you can't if you don't kill him off his missus can't become who she is going yeah. to become yeah. for future storylines story yes. isn't there like is it, is it called all out war yeah. or something like that yeah I, and there's, there's not there's literally not, there's, over my head yeah, right? and there's, there's not I would I would have said as well there's not an equivalent female in a relationship at that point no. in the show that you could kill off her sure. partner yeah. instead of Glenn to make her become yeah. Glenn's Mrs. Because in the comics it's Laurie who, who becomes uh, quite... Who's Laurie? She was the blonde one who she had a relationship with Shane no, in the TV show, right? No, that was Andrea. Andrea Laurie was Rick's wife. That was yeah. the Andrea. chick from yeah, that's Prison what I Break. No. His wife was Laurie. He was right. right, but I said the wrong name. Steve yeah. Andrea. It's very confusing for anyone trying to yeah. keep up. What and the in fuck? the comics, <laughs> in the comics, Andrea is quite good, and she yeah. ends up in okay. a relationship with Rick. In the TV yeah. series, they killed her off because she was a bit of a bitch, right? Fair enough. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, I think they went for a stage in Lost. It wasn't for 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 drink driving. Do you remember in Lost when loads of actors seemed to get done for drink driving in Lost? Michelle they Rodriguez. Them, they yeah, fight yeah, them out straight. Yeah. Where about five or six like big cast yeah. got done for drink driving so he just wrote them out straight away yeah. and in, in Walking Dead it wasn't for drink driving but it seemed like if a person was a dickhead and no one liked them 
they just write them out. Yeah, and yet Shia LaBeouf can still get work. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they even write in the accident that he yeah. has, crashing while drunk driving into his Transformers but they, movie. But in, in the TV show of The Walking Dead, they seem to have replaced Andrea's character with Michonne. With, yeah. And they seem to have, those two characters have kind of changed That's because Andrea got killed off Age yeah, yeah, TV yeah. show. Yeah. Season three, I think. Maybe she four. Was, yeah, it was a while back. In Woodbury. Um, yeah. So they, they, they do, but there wasn't any obvious character change they could do to keep to keep, keep Glenn in it. It wasn't exactly. Another, it wasn't know. another woman in a relationship that you could have killed off their husband to make her become what Maggie's become in the comic. Yeah. So they had to. She's gone. Plus, as well, killing off such a big. I mean, they did two in that episode. Abraham as well, um, but he died around that time in the comics. He did as well. Yeah. Um, but you know, killing off someone who's been in the show for so long and so popular, like Glenn. Was Quite. Yeah, because he was in the killing him the season before yeah. as well, hadn't they? The season before they had him caught up in the by the fence with all the zombies, and they teased him. He was under a bin, yeah. wasn't he? Under a wheelie bin, and somehow survived. Yeah. I mean, they've still got some character who's just been missing for a season at the moment. No one knows where he is. I think it was um, a guy called Heath, who's from Alexandria. He went on some um, supply run with one of the one of the the women, um, and they got overrun by zombies and he disappeared no evidence of him being dead he's just disappeared and she found some other community yeah um, yeah and no one's even mentioned him so it's not like I know we're like kind of war with Negan and his lot but he's no one knows he's dead <laughs> he's not come back you want to go and look for him maybe I quite I quite like that though like if someone just because that probably would happen quite a bit well yeah but, they, but in The Walking Dead as well I think I mentioned this on the last podcast yeah. we did so in season one there was in the, in the camp outside Alexandria you watched oh, yeah. it so you probably remember yep. it was a guy called Morales his family yep. and that, the, when Rich lot went off to the CDC and wherever they went he went no we're going to go and try and find my family and wherever it was well he turned up um, in season eight of The Walking Dead but, okay. like, but like he was, he was, he somehow his family had been killed, died, whatever, and he had fallen in with Negan's lot, and he was, you know, one of Negan's guys, um, and he he had like a face-off with Rick. Yeah. And you're thinking, well, this is this could be quite interesting because, all right, they brought him back, but we haven't seen him since the first season, and he's he's one of Rick's. He was friends with Rick. He, you know, he was in Rick's group. He was he was good mates with Rick. Yeah. But now he's he's on Negan's side. This could be quite. And Daryl goes and puts a fucking arrow through his eye within about ten minutes of being on screen. Oh well, that's, what's the point of that? But like, genuinely, what is the point of that? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, mate, no, mate, mayhem was really good. Was really good in mayhem, and eighty minutes long. There's no depth to anybody in it, but it's eighty minutes long. And you don't. It's an eighty-minute horror comedy, right? So. Yeah. Uh, the entire film could be summed up with the line. You open doors like my grandmother fucks. Right, right. Pretty much. Sets to the tone. Yeah, that's the film. I can't recommend it enough. One of the best films I've seen this year. Sadly, can't go into my top ten of the year for any list ever because it's only out in America. Yeah, not over, over here, so keep that one to yourself for the yeah. uh, end of the year awards. So, this hastily arranged and badly put together triple film. Really hastily arranged and badly put together podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I literally got to like this no, morning. The, and I was like, the, the, oh, the podcast wasn't hastily arranged. No, the episode was. We just planned it badly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a triple bill of our favourite film, TV show, and Netflix original of 2017. Yeah. Um, 
going around Robin format. So we'll go in that order: film, TV show, Netflix original. Uh, uh, what is your favourite film of 2017? Okay, I'm going to be kind and of brief about it because I've mentioned it a few times um, this year. Is it Justice League? It is not Justice League. No, <laughs> um, it's Annabella's The Love Witch, which I've okay, yeah. a few times. I still don't think it's really been vetted. I've seen lots of good films this year. I've got a short list here that I drew up and then plucked it from. I still think it's my favourite. Um, it stars Samantha Robinson as Elaine, who is a, I guess you could say like a femme fatale type character, very corrupting of men, but then uses um, magic potions to make them fall in love with her and then kills them. Very standard. Why not? Yeah. Like it's kind of it kind of feels like an ode to um, Black Widow spiders. <laughs> yeah, to to praying mantises. No, to sixties, um, seventies uh, British horror films. That's what it feels like. You know, quite, it, it does have a hammer feel about it's it. It's got a, yeah, it feels like that. But you know, because it also it looks like them as well. The aesthetic of the whole film is made up to look like it was from the sixties. It's shot. Yeah. Um, in the same sort of uh, format, um, it's all on film. It's uh, everyone's costumes and set designs are all using, I guess, vintage clothing and, and sets and stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's not set in the 60s or 70s. It's still set in the modern day. So everything yeah. looks like that, but they still have mobile phones. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, Characters behave in the way that you, know, like you see cars in the background that are possibly due to the fact that it was made on a budget. But but she still drives a very vintage-looking. But car, she has she? a very vintage old car. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, but I I just thought it uh, from the first time I saw the trailer because it was being shown at Fright Fest. I think last. Yeah. Year before last? Yeah, it was in one of the uh, little side screens that I didn't go into because it was my first Fright yeah, Fest, so I missed it. It was just literally looking at the, the researching Fright Fest to think of what can we talk about, and I just watched a bunch of trailers. had no idea what it was, and as soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, I need to make a note of this because I'm going to really enjoy the fucker of the Love Witch. Yeah. And then I did. It was one of those films that had a lot of hype about it and delivered. I... Um, like I say, I don't think it's really been bettered. But I've talked about it so many times now, I thought it's quite a good one to start. Yeah. It does fall into a world. similar category for me to uh, Prevenge. It's not it's not the same film, not at all. But it does fall into that same indie horror that took a lot of hype. So if you went in based on just the hype, you might not enjoy it as much. Sure. I really like The Love Witch. I yeah, I it love it as well. Uh, Maya hated it. I know people who hate it, yeah. She fucking loathed it. She went, I don't know why you're enjoying this. It's just fucking crap. I'm bored. I'm like, well, fuck you. Because it's, <laughs> I think because it's meant to Probably feel... Probably married the way I talk to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you probably won't be by the end of the week when no. she hears this. No. <laughs> but the, um, uh, it's meant to feel a bit kind of crappy, I think. Yeah. That's the whole point. Because, you know, it's, 60s, it's 70s horror wasn't perfect. No, it's got a little 70s Instagram filter on it when you watch yeah. it. It's... It is very, it is very. The acting's kind of stilted, but again, yeah. I think it's by design rather than by chance. Yeah. You know, they didn't accidentally stumble upon not particularly good actors. I think they're putting in performances that feel like they're yeah. from, uh, uh, you know, a cheap old Hammer film, yeah, or Roger Corman film or yeah. something. You know, but um, 
Yeah. I've got a couple of films on my shortlist, though, which I'm quite interested to see if either of you two pick, so we'll probably talk okay. about those in a minute. But yeah, Love Witch was my, is my film of 2017 so far. Okay, well, I can't pick my favourite film of 2017 because we're recording Star Wars this. Ain't out yeah. next week. Uh, <laughs> no, this, I remember having similar conversations last year yeah, before I think so. Rogue One came yeah, out yeah. as well. But I've, it's, it's, it's best, if you're asking the best film of 2017, for me, that's a completely different question to my favourite film of 2017. Best film, you'd be looking at something... Probably something that's been critically acclaimed or Loving nominated, or, or yeah. I think you're not, if, you're not wrong. And if you're asking me for what, if you're asking me instead what the best film of 2017, which is what you might be when we're doing the awards at the end of the year, rather yeah. than my favourite, you might be asking for the best films. And it's a completely different from me question. If you're asking for a favourite film of 2017. It's the one that I've enjoyed the most. The one that I would want to go and watch. It's ha- I mean, I think it, we're happy for it to be subjective. Yeah. However, you interpret the word um, best. Is I, I think it's been quite a good year for some of the superhero films. Where forget Justice League, really forget Justice League. Like, <laughs> we will never forget Justice League. Actually, forget Justice League. But I think perhaps at the start of this year, it might have been the first time that people were getting a little bit bored of them. There's a lot of these superhero films coming out. Can I just go on the record and say I came on the podcast at least two years ago and went, I'm getting sick of the back yeah. yeah. superhero movies. <laughs> People are going, you know, we're getting bored. It's the same yeah. kind of thing. They're quite formulaic. Then initially you've had Guardians 2, Ragnarok, Wonder Woman, and Spider-Man Homecoming. For me, they've all been great fun, good escapism. Like the kind of thing you want when you want to go to the cinema, just to like forget... Yeah. Yeah, having to work five days a week for whatever reason because yeah. <laughs> we've got to pay the bills and yeah. pay for the City World card so we can go and see these movies you just go in and enjoy yourself for two hours or whatever and from, out of those four I would say I probably enjoyed Thor Ragnarok the most I thought it was just a lot of fun yeah um, yeah didn't expect it to be as Guardians of the Galaxy yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I did expect it to be as fun as that, uh, or as funny as that, really. Um, yeah, it was just, it was just great. And it's, it's, you know, Star Wars is now yet. So if I was picking a favourite, it would probably be that. Cause I had the most fun watching it. In the cinema, it was a weird one though for me because I went into thought. I fucking hated the Dark World like, yeah, so yeah. much. It was just, it was just boring. It was bland. boring and bland. It was dark when, yeah. it, but it didn't work. I mean, the, the first Thor I liked. I liked the kind of Thor being the fish out of water yeah, comedy, trying to trying to trying to learn Earth and human customs. Yeah. And so I things. I kind of went into Ragnarok going. I really liked Marvel the last couple of years, yeah. and even its misfires I've enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. But still, Thor 2 was shit, and I thought, oh god, this is going to be crap, but I loved it. So much fun. So I absolutely loved it. Yeah. The thing that made me more hopeful for Thor Ragnarok was the director. I've never heard his name pronounced, so I'm probably going to mangle it, but Tommy Waikiki. Waikiki or something. Yeah. I, I don't know, that may be the most racist thing yeah. I've ever seen. The guy who made uh, What We Do with No. No, he's <laughs> definitely not the most racist thing I've ever seen. It's not Tom, uh, he. The guy who made What We Do in the Shadows and... Where the Wild Things Are? Where the Wild... Is that him? No, not Where the Wild Things Are. Uh, Hunt for the World of Beasts. Hunt for the World of, world of People. Yeah. 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 Got there in the end. Phantom of the, Phantom of the Menace. Phantom of yeah. the Menace. Yeah, yeah so... God. The, um... But he was also the best director cameo I've seen in a film in years. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, ridiculously funny. I can't, what was his name? Like, Cronkork. Cork. Cork. Yeah. Uh, he was fucking brilliant. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of it was just the Mick's, accent. Mick's dead. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mick. Yes, pushed him. <laughs> <laughs> no, the. Uh, that dude needs to get his own film. Yeah. They, uh, can't, they can't write him out of the MCU. No, no they're going to put him into the Guardians of the Galaxy. Just have him in Infinity War. Yeah. yeah. Just turn him up. He's got to be in it. <laughs> so, um. So yeah, so no, I was a little bit more hopeful for Thor Ragnarok than I was for Thor yeah. Dark World. I mean, I was hopeful, but at the same time, I was very, but Dark World, I was dubious. But Dark World had its own issues in that it was, wasn't it originally meant to be Kenneth Branagh, and then they changed it, it to the guy from who directed those games of Game of Thrones episodes. Yeah, it, it's, it has, but it, it has issues in as much as it just wasn't as much an enjoyable film as the rest of it. No. And this is the thing that, uh, for me, Marvel is best at is even if it's a bit of a crap film I still come out of it having enjoyed myself sure uh, Spider-Man Homecoming aside <laughs> I fucking hate Spider-Man Homecoming but Dark World was terrible I didn't enjoy watching it I don't enjoy watching it now I own the fucking Blu-ray because my OCD won't let me have yeah. a hole in my collection uh, but I don't enjoy watching it now and I was really quite worried uh, but no, unfounded worries, it turns out. I thought, yeah. I, I thought Ragnarok was great. I yeah. laughed my ass off. I, I still, Took Kid to see it, she loved it. I still, it great. still think Wonder Woman is the best superhero movie of the year, though. I think just everything about Thor, Thor Ragnarok was good, apart from the story, which was a bit of a nothing story. But the it was very funny, very I good was definitely story. filler well until directed. we get to Avengers. Yeah, three. I mean, the, the lot of the Marvel films lately, the plot has just been filler. Yeah, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange was the same. I, I, I know Brooke hates Homecoming, but I, that worked. Yeah, that was that, a, that was a standalone story, wasn't it? It was quite good. It was yeah. an, an introduction of, uh, that had a purpose. Whereas something like yeah. Doctor Strange was, here's 200 million pounds so we can make sure that. He my can my biggest problem with Doctor Strange was Doctor Strange is an unlikable douchebag in it. Yeah. And doesn't and just magically yeah. uh, redeems himself. M- magically, no pun intended, but just magically yeah. redeems himself somehow. I, don't I still mind, don't understand I don't, how. I don't mind Benedict Cumberbatch, but I don't think he's right for it. And I think that was the biggest problem. It was stunt casting. I don't know. I liked him. I thought he was great as Doctor Strange, and I did enjoy yeah. Doctor Strange, but I do think he was stunt casting. Mm, maybe. I don't know. Shown, okay, obviously, personal experience, but like, my old girl only went to see Doctor Strange because Benedict Cumberbatch was in there. Yeah. And now she's stealing all of my Blu-rays to watch. But <laughs> Ant-Man wasn't this year or whatever. You know that was that was a set. I liked Ant-Man. It was loads of fun. But it, again, it was the plot was filler. There wasn't a lot going on in the plot. We're still but Ant-Man ten was, years. Ant-Man was great fun. Yeah. Oh well, Ant-Man and the Wasp is coming soon as well. Yeah. Isn't it? The thing is that with Doctor going Strange. Back, going back to Infinity War, didn't see didn't see them in the trailer, did you? No. Unless they were very tiny. <laughs> Could have been very very tiny. But you did see. Uh, Captain America with a beard. Yes. I think there's a lot of things though. Like yeah, he looks like he's. He, after Civil War, he went off and started an indie band. Yeah. <laughs> but there's, like, there's certain characters. The Arctic Monkeys. <laughs> yeah. There's certain characters who are going to die in Infinity War, right? I mean, even if you go back to Iron Man. Was it Iron Man 3 or was it Age of Ultron where he was having PTSD and had that dream and he saw all the yeah. people, yeah. all the characters dead? Mm. It's a good point. I think that's Age of Ultron. Was it? Uh, yeah. Just, so the, just have to see who's. Uh, Whose contracts are running yeah. out? Yeah. yeah. So Chris Evans will go. Robert Downey Jr. probably will this time. Yeah. Um, I don't know who else. I don't think go. they'd kill them all unless they killed. I think they'll kill one of those two. Or not. 
and the other one can be written out, but that always leaves, if they do a phase four, phase five, always leaves it come back. Come back. You know, I think one film I, down the line, we can yeah. get them back, chuck a load of money at them, here's You'll, $20 million. Yeah. You'd almost certainly lose. For half an hour. Uh, Steve Rogers will almost certainly die, I reckon. I know Bucky will take over. But I want Bucky to take over. I bet Falcon does, actually. Would be my bet. Could be. I, I think one of Falcon, I would like Bucky to, because he's one, my, one, one of my favourite characters one ever. One of Falcon or War Machine are dying. <laughs> Guaranteed. Well, it didn't kill off War Machine in Civil War. No, they lined him up now, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, anyway, uh, Brooke, what's your favourite film? The one film you missed off of your list of superhero films. Logan. Logan, I did, yeah. yes. And Logan uh, was and it is, it, You know what, it's a tough list for me as well, because while we were talking, I was going through my list of films I've seen this year. I've seen some fucking bollocks this year. <laughs> but I've seen some great films as well. Like In the short list would be things like John Wick 2, yeah. which I thought was outstanding. Uh, I've seen a lot of weird indies that are only out in the States, yeah, so I can't sure. really bring those into it. But Logan, for me, is the, even if you take away the superhero bit of it, it's one of the best standalone films. It is the best standalone film I've seen this year. And I think the argument is there, my favourite or the best. Yeah. I think the best will probably be, for me, maybe Moonlight. I fucking love oh, Moonlight. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but my favourite... And close, I think close second to the best of the year, I think is Logan. Yeah, it was. I don't know why, because it was just great. I mean, it's it's, it's, a, it's, it's fun, a western. It, it's fun, but it's not fucking. It's not like it's not a kids' it's not, film. It's not like Thor fun, is it? No, it's no. not like you know, colourful and quips and jokes and no. funny and but and like over the top big CGI action no. scenes. But it's 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 it's, it's Hugh Jackman sending himself off as Wolverine. Unless, and unless Disney by Fox and tempt him back, yeah, um, I, I don't think he'd do it. I genuinely, no, I, th- I, I think if I think if, if Disney by Fox, they will break away from that X Men and they will introduce the X Men as as new, yeah. be a completely new cast. It won't be yeah. Patrick Stewart, it won't be James McAvoy, it won't be Fassbender. It'll be how they do it. Whether they kind of bring them in as completely new, so mutants have only been appearing in the last five or ten years yeah. from, from as of now whether they somehow backdate it and bring it in that whatever happens yeah. but I think it'll be just if they do yeah. it it'll be completely new mm. um, it's mm. easy with the Fantastic Four because all their films have been shit so no one yeah. really cares but the, some I, of the X-Men films have been good I do, have I do feel sorry for anybody that they decide to bring in to be Wolverine yeah. if you'd have said it five years ago I would have gone yeah alright because you know, Oranges was crap and X-Men 3 was crap and yeah. okay so replaced but after you follow up the Wolverine which I really liked mm. I really enjoyed the Wolverine and Logan you can't be the guy to follow that yeah. you know uh, yeah. no I fucking loved it it was an action film it was a western it was I don't I can't think of a single superhero film let alone any other film this year that's left me in bits every time I've watched it. And I've watched that thing at the cinema three times and I've watched it at home three times since. Yeah. And every time I get to the end a fucking blubbering mess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was um Yeah, it was a nice way for Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart to stand off their characters yep. they've been doing for nearly twenty years. Yep. Mm. And I, I know his other character you know, the well the only other one really was Ian McKellen as um, Magneto. Yeah. Because all the others have, have, have you know, other than cameoing in 
whichever one it was. Well, we have a um, we have apocalypse. What was the one before? Like Days of Future Past. Mm. Yeah. Other than sort of some of the ones from the original three films cameoing at the end of that as teachers at the school, um, or yep. you know, they've not really been in it. But those three, Wolverine, um, Magneto, and um, Professor X, they've been in all of them pretty yep. much. Um, and Patrick Stewart, and Ian McKellen, and, and um, Hugh Jackman have been in most of them. But even, so well, Hugh Jackman had nothing but a cameo in First, first Class. class. Yeah, we just told him to fuck off. It was a great cameo. It was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. It was the first time we've ever heard him swear as well, yeah. which is great. But yeah, it was, bit of that film. it was just a nice <laughs> way for two of those three to, to end yeah. their involvement with it. Yeah, sure. I think it was, again, uh, a bit like thought. I went in really kind of worried. Yeah. Because it was the first film after Deadpool, where Deadpool became the highest grossing R-rated film and the highest grossing R-rated comic book film and all of a sudden R-rated comic book shit was everywhere. Yeah. And then, then we got, oh, Fox are going to let James Mangold make Wolverine be R-rated and we're you're going to fucking ruin it? I literally, I thought, you're just going to make it bloody and violent for the sake of bloody and violent. Uh, it was bloody and violent, but most of it had a point. The bloody and violent bits were fun, you know, they weren't gratuitous, they were a lot of fun, they, they were great, the characterisation in it was fucking awesome. I I cannot fault Logan, it wasn't a kid's film, by any stretch of the imagination, and as much as, again, my my uh, measuring stick for this now is if I can let the kid watch it, because yeah. she loves her superhero film, she's watched all the X-Men stuff, she doesn't understand most of it. But she likes what she likes, Wolverine. She loves watching him do his thing. I can't let her watch that. No. Then no. No, no it's <laughs> I not just, I just can't. Like, she's desperate to watch Suicide Squad. I can't let her fucking watch that either. No. But, yeah, Logan was a brilliant, brilliant film. And again, it, it works as an action film. It works as a fantastic Western, because it is a Western, just a modern-day yeah. Western. And as a superhero film, I think it beats Wonder Woman. Uh, but only just. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what the, the main difference between them. Wonder Woman's got a terrible ending again, it's a big CGI monster fighting thing, whereas Wolverine's is more impactful and meaningful. Everything right? about Wolverine feels like it could be real life. Logan, sorry, I keep going. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything about Logan, obviously, you know, it's superheroes, it can't be, but everything about it feels like it's grounded in reality, whereas yeah. Wonder Woman is not. No. I don't think that's, that's not a negative for Wonder Woman, it's a superhero film. I yeah, don't give I mean, that much of a shit. Uh, I prefer Logan over Wonder Woman because, like I say, Logan had an, an emotional impact on me. Wonder Woman didn't. No. And not because I'm made of stone, it just didn't. Mm. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not... I, I don't get all blubbery over empowered women on screen. Right? You know, again, it's nothing yeah. against Wonder Woman. No. I just thought, you know, Wolverine, like I say, left me in, as a blubbering mess every time I watched it. And I've said I want to watch it again before the end of the year, and I'm sure it will do it again. But, and if I know a film can do that to me yeah. on the 7th or 8th viewing, there's got to be something about it, or I am just a giant pussy. <laughs> Probably that one. <laughs> it's funny, there's a couple of films I've seen in the cinema that, uh, more than once this year. Yeah. I don't normally do that very often. Wonder Woman was one of them. Um, I also saw War of the Planet of the Apes, a few, I think twice in the cinema. I only saw that once. I would have seen it a second time yeah. if timing had allowed. Yeah. Uh, my yeah. thing, my thing this year just didn't really. Unless the film was spectacular, I, I had to not go and see a film a second time to watch something sure. that I could have to move. That, that was great. It was really it good. Was it was really good. It was, 
it was a good way to end that trilogy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although I Copy. can't, I like, carry on. They've, they've, well, they've not said. That's the thing. No. They've not, they've not announced anything. But I just think you don't restart that franchise if you're not making Planet. Yeah. Why, sure. why would you restart that franchise if, you, if your end game isn't to make Planet at the end? Well, I mean, Andy Serkis but, has been left to do things now, hasn't he? He's, yeah, he's off he's doing off, Avengers yeah. now, and he's, he's, been, he's directed a film. And he's in Star Wars. He's in Star so, Wars. Yeah, so. So. So he's certainly um, not doing it anytime soon. No, no but I mean, I, they don't have to get him in because the, his character has died. Oh well, yeah, I suppose. Um, so the, the motion, I that. <laughs> but the mo- the motion cap, the way he does in it, and the other guys who do, uh, well, other men and women who do yeah. the apes and the, the it's fantastic, isn't it? Making yes. so believing. I was reading interviews at the time where he's like, well, he'd, he'd been working on progressing it, so working out how to make them look like they'd evolved more yeah, yeah. over the course of the three films, how they'd learnt how to talk and how they'd walk differently and walk... Yeah, that was mental. It's very precise, isn't yeah. it? I also saw Alien Covenant twice in the cinema and I bought it as well. I don't know why you buy it. Why? I don't, don't I think I've like it twice. It. I, do own, I, bought the, I bought it on 4K Blu-ray. I don't have the capability to watch it in 4K, but <laughs> I bought 4K. I've done that a lot this year. Yeah. No, uh, I, I really, uh, there were obvious flaws with it, but I like it as a concept. I think it's quite an interesting movie. I liked it. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to... I've managed to split thing. myself away from being angry about it not being an alien film after being a fan of Prometheus. I'm quite happy to just yeah. follow on with whatever Ridley Scott decides to do. Exactly. Also, the, uh, you know, I'll do the fingering scene that people take the piss out of. It annoys me when people completely... I think deliberately misinterpret it the same way they deliberately misinterpret the Martha scene in Batman vs. <laughs> I knew you were going to yes, say really, that. Yes, that pisses me off every time. Right. Also, um, T2 Train Spotting I thought was really good. Just don't uh, watched it. No, well, I wouldn't expect <laughs> expect you to drink here. But that's still one of my favourites this year. Um, Loving Vincent, like we're talking about best film, you know, the whole idea that every individual frame was hand painted so that just blows my mind from what I think about it. Um, Jesus. And I watched Creep 2 recently. No, I haven't seen Creep 2 yet. Mainly because I haven't seen Creep 1. Oh, I've man. Never, I've never watched it. And Creep, I do really want to. Creep was one of my favourite films of 2015. Yeah. And Creep 2, it's not the same level, but still very good. But um, also Get Out, which I thought might have been yeah. one of our yeah. choices. It's good. I have watched, I've watched it once at cinema and I've watched it twice, okay. I think, since. I saw it, I bought it on Blu-ray and I saw it at the PCC all night. Ah, uh, right, yeah. It's a very, very good film. It's a weird one to watch my girlfriend. Oh, uh, yeah, I bet it was. <laughs> <laughs> but what did she think of it, though? Did she, she, she thought it... She didn't like certain elements of it. Yeah. For, um... Some quite obvious reasons, but she thought it was an interesting film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She didn't hate it, but no, as a yeah, it's interesting watch. I've taken to see that in Twelve Years a Slave to be with us. Wow, I know how to pick them. Yeah, did you go see Birth of a Nation? As oh, well? don't go see Birth of a Nation. But just don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's quite a few films that I've enjoyed a lot this I'm year. Just, I'm kind of looking through my list. I have seen some absolute bollocks this year. I really have. In my in my chase to watch 365 films, I have watched some absolute dog yeah. shit. Uh, I watched Gold, which is fucking terrible. But yeah, I got a couple of fences. Was that this year? Yeah, with, um, with Denzel Washington. Denzel. 
Yeah. Not from uh, Only Fools and Horses before no. Steve. <laughs> uh, yeah, John Wick 2, which I really, I really did like John Wick 2. What the fuck? Oh, Bethany. Oh, no, that's American. You worked that. Wasn't released over here, so it doesn't count. I mean, I think there'll be some interesting choices coming up in our end of year awards. I don't really know what's going to win this year. No. It's not like obvious other years where. I think this is similar to like when in 2013 where Clay Atlas won. I think we weren't really expecting Clay Atlas to be. It's a good film. But it was like, is it the best film ever? Like of that year? It was one of those strange years, so I think this year might depends, be similar. It depends who votes as well. Yeah. I, I, tend, I'm, I seem to be that guy as well that watches bizarre films and no one else, well, only like three other people watch. Yeah. Like, I fucking love, did you guys watch Raw? I haven't seen no, Raw. Raw was great. I, but the, it, the I French will be, film. The French the, cannibal movie. Yeah. I will be the only person that votes for that <laughs> when it comes to the end of the Maybe. year. Maybe. I think I've, I've heard other people talk uh, about it. The Handmaiden. Did you see The Handmaiden? No, I've not watched that yet. Transfiguration? No. That's fucking brilliant. You'd, yeah. you'd love the Transfiguration. But these are all films that I loved. And when I go through my list at the end of the year, I go, oh, I'll do that. Miss Sloan? No. Yeah, another great one. But none of those will be on the top ten list because no one else fucking watched yeah, them. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Should we move on to television? Let's do TV. TV, yes. <laughs> Might be a quick round, I think. Well, yes, yeah. this will definitely be quick. Uh, oh, what's your favourite TV show of the last calendar year? So, I mean, the... the <laughs> Picking stuff that came out this year, um, rather than just things that I watched for the first time this year. Because I also watched, I watched Peaky Blinders series three for the first time this year, despite being a big fan of the first two series. I got into Peaky Blinders after series three had already aired. No series four was on TV and was doing really well. Um, but it was written, the, the, the show that I think is probably been my favourite, um, there's another one written by Stephen Knight, the same guy who wrote. Peaky Blinders called Taboo which was on in January which starred Tom Hardy um, so I thought Booker might have seen this one I have seen some of Taboo some I, I, I recorded all of it yeah uh, so I watched episodes 1 and 2 recorded all of it and then because yeah. it's BBC and BBC iPlayer it, is. it vanished from my skybox before I had a chance to watch it ah uh, right but because of who made it and who's in it, it is literally just a case of the second I see it cheap enough on Blu-ray, I will just buy it. Yeah, it's worth I it. I don't need to have seen it all to know that it's worth watching. Yeah, it's, it's so it stars Tom Hardy. It's written by Stephen Knight. It's executive produced by Ridley Scott. And um, it's set in the early part of the 19th century. And what happens is it kind of plays as a mystery. It uses British politics of the era. Um, Tom Hardy was on a boat that was that capsized, right, a ship rather than a boat, and the kind of mysteries about this, this, what was on the boat, where it was going, why who was behind it like the East India Company, or is it to do with the American government, or is it to do with the British government, because you know, you're thinking the sort of American Revolution is quite fresh in the mind, and yeah. then they have the um, whole thing about, he was he lived in Africa Tom Hardy, this is, went to Africa and got into lots of the culture and comes back and is treated as, or they, you know, use the N-word, that's how they describe him. Um, But also he's having an incestuous relationship with his sister. Yeah. But it's like, it took me a little while to get into it. So it it started as um, 
one of those shows that I really wanted to like and didn't quite click, it didn't quite register with me. It came out in January. I think it was yeah. the first show that I watched this year, basically. But it was um, one that's taken me until only quite recently to finish. And when I started it, I didn't, I wasn't sure. But I had it all recorded on my Skybox. And just in the process of clearing stuff off my, well, not Sky, I've got BT, but off my TV box, I finished it off. And actually, by forcing myself to watch the last few episodes, thought it was incredible actually yeah. I think it all comes together it all makes sense towards those last sort of three or four episodes um, and now yeah I just think it's possibly the best written thing certainly the BBC have done since Wolf Hall I think it's just great absolutely fantastic TV Tom Hardy is excellent in it as you kind of expect he does his mumbling to himself I love his mumbling I've yeah but you don't get Tom Hardy to do anything else right that's, no. what he's, that's where you get Tom Hardy I love Tom Hardy I don't, feel, I don't feel like I've watched enough Tom Hardy in 2017 no I did we talked about this last week but I watched Mad Max Fury Road in yeah. Black and the well, Chrome on the Black and Chrome talking of Tom Hardy and mumbling I mean the film I didn't mention in best film of, or favourite film of 2017 because I um, spoke about superhero film Dunkirk oh, of course yeah I thought it was Really good. I thought Dunkirk was absolute bollocks. Uh, I, I liked thought, it. I well. thought it was good. I thought it was. It was kind some, of docudrama, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, some parts of it weren't too good, but I thought in general it was good. I thought the sound design was gorgeous. Yeah. The sound I thought, design I thought, it was I thought amazing. It made you feel like you're right in the middle of it. Yeah. Like it was, it proper. Like the only, the only other time I can think that sound has had that kind of effect on making me feel right in the middle of the film was when. I saw that film that Jack O'Connell was in where he was the soldier 71. in 71 where the bomb went off in yep. the pub and in that when that, in yeah. that film, when the bomb went off in the pub it felt like I was in bomb blast it like yeah. proper disorientate and yeah. that's the only other time I've really felt in the cinema that the sound has done yeah. what the sound in Dunkirk yeah so I saw well, Dunkirk I thought it looked good as well I mean yeah, I, th- I like Dunkirk a lot. I, I saw Dunkirk in the Atmos screen mm-hmm. yeah. in and the sound was terrifying. It was so, so good. The sort of film was so yeah. shit. I hated it. I hated the intertwining timelines. Yeah. I hated the I hated the fact that somehow Tom Hardy is a superhero and can keep his plane flying longer with no engine than he can with an engine <laughs> yeah. over a beach that has never been touched by a bomb considering what we'd seen the previous two fucking hours yeah. uh, uh, I, I, no I just thought I didn't like it at all I, I wanted it to be good I've been a fan and a defender of Chris Nolan for a long time uh, I didn't fucking like Dunkirk um, it, but... listen, no it's interesting I mean I think but anyway we don't need to talk about Dunkirk no, no. Um, <laughs> yes my favourite TV of 2017 well we spoke about this before we started recording earlier that I've not really watched much TV mm. I've watched a lot of Netflix originals and Netflix and Amazon Prime VOD have changed the way you consume television because uh-huh. they just chuck all their original stuff on there in one one go I, mean, I don't know if Amazon does they've got stuff um, like Man in the High Castle Man in the High Castle, high castle yeah. stuff that they make yeah, yeah. stuff yeah. that goes they up make. Week American Gods like no, American Gods was week by week because yeah. that was Showtime? I think so, yeah. 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 And, it's the same with, and with Preacher Netflix, as well. We've right? seen yeah. something like Netflix and, and Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty was on TV yeah. in America. It was only on Netflix in the UK, so they do it week by week. Yeah. The stuff they make themselves just goes up in one batch. So you can choose how you consume it more. You don't have to wait week by week. And I made the point earlier that if for whatever reason you're busy um, and you miss an episode, you then got to catch up on two a week 
yeah. in for if it's a weekly thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's much when, harder. You know, when you get to a show like American Gods, that can be quite yeah. hard. That's a hard going two yeah. hours as well. And unless it's really gripping or it's an easy watch or it's a shorter one, more like a sitcom kind of thing, yeah. 25 minutes when you don't have the ads in it. And you're like, it's, it's easy. But when it's like an hour long show and you've missed one, you think, well, I've got to watch two of them to catch up. I really can't bother to watch two of them. I, was, I could watch a film you, in that yeah. time. <laughs> Do you think that works with Game of Thrones? Because Game of Thrones, right, is still possibly the most popular TV show around yeah. at the minute, right? I think Game of Thrones suffers from that as well, though. Like, I can't binge Game of Thrones. It's so hard going to binge two or three okay. episodes. I mean, I don't watch Game of Thrones anymore anyway, but when it was on, even yeah. when I was at the height of me loving Game of Thrones, yeah. to, to buy a, like a yeah. Blu-ray box set and then binge it, was hard work. See, Game of Thrones is one of the only shows that I've watched this year. Now, Walking Dead's up, I'm fed up with Walking Dead. Because <laughs> I'm an idiot. That's not making my best. That's what everyone else yeah, watches yeah. Walking Dead. Game, Game of well. Thrones, I still like it, even though you can see they're coming towards a conclusion. The seasons are shorter, and it seems to be a little bit rushed. People, people picking fault with a plot, saying, "How could a Raven fly that far in that amount of time and then they get the dragon. It's a film about winter zombies. Yeah. Exactly. It's a film, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a film about zombies. ice zombies, a massive wall made of ice, and there's dragons in it. Yeah. And there's some magic as well. Let's worry about how fast the raven can fly. Who gives a fuck? I think there's. I think there's thinking some... about that. <laughs> just do something else with your life. Go and watch something. Go watch documentaries. Yeah, but it's like yeah. the, the, the whole thing is like the, the conceit of it is you have to believe everything that happens within the like digestus yeah. of the, the, the world that they've created, right? Yeah. If something like it takes them so long to walk from place A to place B, then surely it means that if you set a crow off from place A to place B, you have an idea in your head of how long that's gonna take. So I kind of understand why people get frustrated with it. But saying that, the caveat is just doesn't matter, does it? It's a TV show. Just, but, just say it's a magic. Crow. Is it entertaining? It's a magic crow. It's got yeah. magic in it. It's quick. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's the fastest crow they got. It's yeah. like it's like having the fastest horse. Yeah. Right. It's a really fast crow. It's yeah. a bit magic. Just deal with it. Get on with it. He is the Flash of pigeons. <laughs> so that weird witch woman who's old but looks young and whatever, and they've got yeah. Her, she put some magic on that crow. She went real fast. Well, her super fast works on everything else. Maybe yeah. it works on crows as well. Yeah. <laughs> and there it goes. It's quick. And dragons, out. You know, dragons are probably quick, aren't they? Probably. It's probably quite quick. Yeah, they're yeah. probably pretty quick when they're they go in full pelt. So. And they can breathe fire, so get over it. Yeah. But that's not. I was just, I was actually going to go for a documentary because it always. I was going to go for the Blue Planet. Blue Planet too. Yeah. Because forget Attenborough's narration for a while. I mean, while that's obviously great, and he's an institution, and while I doubt at his age he goes out on 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 set. Yeah. Much anymore. I did the air quotes thing from set for people <laughs> listening because um, it's not a set, but you know. He's obviously well educated in that area, but it just looks amazing for a start. It just looks beautiful. How they film some of it, I know they've recreated some of it, but how they film the most part of it is just astonishing. Well, and they just... they don't. I mean, the recreation scandal, you know, air quotes again. Yeah. The recreation scandal um, was that they shot footage of one. Was it a lizard or? Uh, antelope or some some creature. Blue, right? For Blue Planet, it was something underwater, but they recreated it either in a tank or something. And they did it, I think, to the most it could have been like in real life. And it was because when we went out there filming, they didn't do what, what they were going to do. Yeah. 
So we did this. You need to. Like, so, you know. so it's only it's only manipulation in terms of. If it was, if it was everything. Yeah. They're not saying that this is what these creatures do in the wild when yeah. they've never been observed to do it in the wild. Yeah. It's like, it's not. It's just choosing the footage to show you, it's to just, demonstrate it. It just looks stunning, and it's you know, interesting, and yeah. it's, it's great television, and Attenborough's just... Well, the thing that, like, people, people like Attenborough because of his voice, but I think if you... Like, we did it in, in university. We, you analyse script writing for documentaries, mm. and... It's his script as much as anything that makes him so good at what he does. You can compare it to anyone, you can have a look at Brian Cox who does similar kind of scripting or, um, you know, um, Dan Snow even, you know, just like, but you look at Attenborough's scripts, they're very minimal, you know, he uses not very many words to say things in a very simplistic way, which tells you everything. Yeah. And... It's fantastic. He's the best in the world at doing that. Does he? I'm, I mean, does he have a hand in the script thing? Do you, yeah, he yeah, writes it. Yeah, Because yeah. yeah, he's it's just. I mean, he does try and appeal it to a general audience. It's not like yeah. it's specifically. By, by scripting, I mean he writes yeah. the things he reads out. I yeah. mean, you know, people, producers will structure yeah. and edit the show together. But <clears throat> yeah, so he. Yeah, but he. It's just like he's phenomenal. Mm. Um, but you're right. I don't think he's really out there. No, I know. He, I know. He, I know. He used to when he was younger. Yeah, he'd, yeah. He'd go out there and do it, but you, don't, you can't really send him on a zip yeah. wire through the jungle. It, it, I don't it think is. Quite... You can't really. Yeah, yeah. you should. Know <laughs> yeah. your craft. Yeah. yeah. Um, Brooke, what's your best TV of this year? <sighs> it's a tough one, isn't it? It is tough. So my my year has been a lot of watching films mm. and playing games. Playing games. <laughs> and the only time I've really stopped watching films and playing games is to watch Netflix TV when, when particular series have come out, yeah. uh, which I am saving for the next bit of this. So I think I would probably go for, we've been catching up on a lot of TV that we would have watched in the last year. Yeah. And most specifically, you know, it's, I know it divides people. I know a lot of people really fucking hate this, but we love it. And we've been catching up on the Big Bang Theory. All right. Do you guys watch The Big Bang Theory? I hate it, but carry on. I, I, I watch it every now and again. I mean, it's if, if you've got that amount of time to kill, it's on E4 all the time. But this is the thing, because as new seasons start on E4, the previous season is on Netflix. So mm-hmm. what we've done, like the last couple of years, we've not really watched it. Mm-hmm. So we've been binging like, the last three seasons. Like, we're halfway through the second to late season. Yeah. Uh, and it's easy watching TV. So at the moment, I'm busy with work and busy with other stuff. So to have a 22-minute sitcom on in the background that if I start falling asleep, the worst I waste is 22 yeah, minutes sure. before I get to go to bed. It works perfectly for me. But the thing is, it's actually really good for me. It's really good TV. I really enjoy it. I find it really funny. There are certain characters who I fucking loathe, but every sitcom has one of those characters. Uh, in this one, the guy just happens to be a colossal cuntosaurus. I just could but, be any of them. Well, could, could be, be any of them. <laughs> Which one is it? Sheldon. Yeah. I fucking hate him. When he's just being funny, I think he's hilarious. But yeah. when he's being a deliberate twat, mm. I just want to climb in the TV and punch him in the dick. <laughs> I fu- and if I met people in real life that acted like that, I know several people in real life that act like that, and I avoid them like the plague. Mm. I, I couldn't deal with it. I can't deal with him. But when it's just being a normal six-people sitcom, it's fun, and it's, yeah. I enjoy it. I, canned laughter doesn't bother me. 
See, that's one of the things that really gets me in that show particularly is, did you see there was an edited clip where yes. they took out all the laughs? Yeah. And it's like, what are they laughing at? There, there no... are times that I look at it and go, this is not funny. Mm. It's And it's not of the quality. It's not like Some of my favourite sitcoms that sit up there are Scrubs, mm. Friends, Frasier, Will and Grace. Will and Grace is probably one of my favourites. And the thing with Will and Grace is I know a lot of people that watch it and go, I don't get it, I don't find it. It's funny. And that's, I do think a lot of that is because there's a lot of cultural references in there that a lot of people just don't understand. And that's fine. You don't have to fucking understand everything. There are still jokes in there that I have only recently got because I've seen the thing that they're referencing and now I find that a bit funny. Sure. Uh, and I think me being a bit of a geek is is why, Possibly, I, yeah, is I, mean, why I like... And I, and I know a lot of people who are geeks who fucking hate Big Bang Theory yeah. because I mean, it's not, it's it makes not, us all look like complete it's, twats. It's not a clever comedy, it's a comedy no. about clever people. Yeah. It's, it's fine, it's inoffensive, it's sometimes, yeah. for me it's sometimes funny, sometimes not. But there's there's like a there's an episode from a couple of years ago that I think where Sheldon's agonising over whether or not he buys an Xbox One or a PS4, and it is genius. And it's genius in as much as I had the exact same conversations with my wife, who gives equally as less of a shit as his chick does in that yeah. that episode. It's just it, it's like watching my life. <laughs> it really was. I just, it's an inoffensive comedy. I don't I, yeah. I understand why it angers some people. I I don't. I think there's a place for just like light-hearted, throwaway yeah. sitcoms. You know, but it's, it sits in. It's a sitcom. So we were talking earlier about Two and a Half Men. I watch Two and a Half Men. It's dog shit. It's absolute crap. But I giggle at it most of the time, and I've got no issue with it. Yeah, I, see, like I don't have an issue in so much as I understand why they exist, and I understand why yeah. people like enjoy. I've enjoyed stuff like that in the past as well. I don't care, but I personally cannot stand watching. Big Bang Theory and I don't mean to do it in like a snobbish way I just watch it and I go well, I don't understand and it could be a problem with me I just don't understand where most of the jokes are yeah. and even with the Kang laughter like it makes me question like almost every single do I, I not watch get jokes is it me laughter. no laughter has never been a thing that bothered I remember my parents used to go on about canned laughter when I wanted to watch Friends at Home and they didn't want it on because they thought it was shit like, but like, like throw away I mean Studio audiences are like I, I'm trying to think of something that would be shit an equivalent. Two points lager and a packet of crisps, right? Cheers. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. So two points of lager and a packet of crisps. Yeah. Right. Has studio audience laughter in it, and yeah. it's also equally, I would say bad comedy yeah but I left at that I mean I would watch Two Pints of Lager and yeah. just like so I wouldn't watch Two Pints of Lager and a packet of crisps if you paid me yeah see I mean it's fine <laughs> so I'm not I'm not trying to be snobbish about it I will hold my hands up and say I also like some yeah. quote unquote bad comedies but I just, I just like shit sitcoms it's, yeah. it is, it's one of my favourite bits of TV it's just yeah. crap 22 minute sitcoms so, so I think they're great same with How I Met Your Mother I watch yeah. that quite a lot I mean I have to admit, I got quite invested in how I met you. I want, in the end, I, I wanted stopped, to kill I, myself. <coughs> I, stopped, I stopped enjoying it so much. There were some good episodes, but it was mostly bad. And a lot of the characters I started really disliking. But yeah. I wanted to see how it resolved itself until I did find out how it resolved itself. And it didn't really and resolve anything. <coughs> I would, I'm probably as annoyed about that as I was about the end of Lost. Yeah. <laughs> it was, well, well, basically, you could have ended it at the end of the first episode and gone, all right, 
That's it. That's yeah. all I needed to see because yeah. what I've just wasted the last eight yeah. years getting but, invested yeah, I, in I this liked, show. I liked a lot of it. Yeah. There was one character in How About Your Mother who I thought for the whole time was absolute twat. <laughs> the whole and time. And that could be again, that could be any of them. It was Lily. Who? Lily? I thought yeah. she was great. No, she's <laughs> horrible. She's an idiot. I thought she was great. No, she's a horrible. I don't really hate. I don't really like Jason Segel as a actor. No, I like so him. He, in that. He I, like, I like him though. I liked him in quite a few things. I liked him. I liked him in that. Um, Ted as well. Was a complete fucking hell. Just to put it mildly, for a central character, he's an absolute yeah. dick. But yeah, that's well, another one. It was you know it's. it's it's fine for what it was for the majority of its run. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm quite liking the Will and Grace revival. Will and Grace came back in the States. It hasn't started airing over here yet, but it came back a couple of months ago, and I've really been enjoying that. But again, you have to like Will and Grace, because now it's just all in-jokes. And you know, if you, if you haven't watched the eight seasons that came before it... Yeah. Uh, they did do a really cool thing, though. They kind of retconned the last... <laughs> three or four episodes of season eight which was good because it was one of the worst sitcom finales in the history of all sitcoms so it was quite good that they got rid of that and moved on sitcoms don't tend to have good finales though no. friends friends seinfeld i mean you could list friends them. friends is the only good one the only good ending i have and if you oh, right. if you ignore season nine of scrubs the end of season eight which was the actual yeah, planned ending that was perfect was perfect um <laughs> only fools before they brought that back yeah that ended perfectly and before they brought it back but that yeah. that ending where they got rich was just yeah absolutely <laughs> spot on yeah that is just how it should have finished but yeah yeah but, Sitcom endings as a whole are pretty shit. How I'm making love and being a fucking classic. Now. Yeah. Do you think that's why Simpsons is still going? They just can't be bothered to. Can't, can't end, end it. Right and it's just a shame how bad it's gone. It was when someone told me that there were more bad episodes now of The Simpsons than good yeah. ones. And See, I'm desperate to, to watch all of South Park, but I don't know if my heart can handle it because <laughs> 20 seasons of just yeah. awfulness. But and there's there's nowhere legal for me to watch that. All of South Park in this country, but yeah, I have I have watched no TV this year, so Big Bang Theory and I suppose the Will and Grace revival. Right, Netflix. Okay, this is quite a tricky one, though, right? Because for a different reason. If it starts with Netflix in the in the title sequence, I think it's okay to call it a Netflix yeah, or, original. Or if when you're bringing it up on the screen, on the scroll, you know, on the yeah, on the menu, it's got Netflix written at the bottom. So would you put Better Call Saul? As a Netflix original, because it's an exclusive. Exclusive and original are two different things. I think yeah. I, I think I. But they call it original. I think yeah. I would have because didn't they did they also? What they also responsible for finishing off Breaking Bad as well? Certainly in the UK, they screened it. Yeah, they they took over the airing for Breaking yeah. Bad when someone didn't want it because it wasn't pulling in the numbers Fox had it and yeah. then it was yeah. went to Channel 5 and then that explains it yeah Channel, we'll 5. Channel 5 for Home and Away and, and rated PG porn Ch- Channel 5 aired series 2 one episode a night for two weeks or however long it was and it was broadcast at midnight oh wow and then it was like, like yeah one... but no one wanted to watch it so we didn't get to take series 3 you fucking yeah. bears yeah um but, yeah, so what are you picking for? So, I would have gone for Better Call Saul, but I decided it's probably technically not what I'm 
thinking of when I think of a Netflix original. And it's just, I only finished watching it yesterday. I'm pretty sure it's probably Brooker's choice as it well. It definitely is, yeah. The Punisher. Well, this will make this section quicker. Well, it's not mine, but it's just <laughs> yeah, yeah. the two of you going for it. I mean. So, um, The Punisher, I guess you could say it's a follow-on from series two of Daredevil. But it quite, only in the sense that that's what introduced Punisher, right? And that actually, that was him getting his revenge as the Punisher yeah. against the mob. And then series one of the Punisher is about him dealing with PTSD of being a war veteran. So this is this is one of Marvel's. It is the Marvel. So, so it goes along with Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, yeah, Luke Cage, Luke Cage, and, and the Defenders. Defenders. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it basically follows on. You're right. It does follow on from season two of Daredevil, but when he's not the Punisher anymore, it basically deals with what he does now that he's done with his the Punisher bit. Yeah, now he's not and punishing. He, now he's just Frank Castle. Now he's Frank Castle. Yeah. They um, couldn't call it Castle because it's already a TV show. Could <laughs> <laughs> call it Frank. Frank. Yeah. Not quite as vice. It's already a TV show called Frank, isn't it? <laughs> Oh well, <laughs> well, people in the UK are getting confused with you know drug rehabilitation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but I think it, but it, what this series does is has new characters. So Daredevil's not in it at all. None of the defenders are in it. Karen Page is in it for a bit as a sort of. Callum Page. Callum Page is not in it. <laughs> no. No, it would no. change the complexion of the entire series. I think if uh, <laughs> Callum was Frank Castle's sidekick. <laughs> 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 He's talking to them. <laughs> I love you, Callum. But the um, so the so the complexion of the series, I think, is also different to Daredevil too. Like the way it looks and feels, it is very much its own show. Yes. It's not. Well, it is part of the the Netflix. It's part of the Marvel Netflix Marvel series. universe, but it very quickly establishes itself as outside of Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. Uh, which is. Good, because it separates itself from and everything it, else. And, I think and there it means you don't have to come up with convoluted reasons why the defenders aren't there stopping yeah. stuff happening. Like yeah. bombs going off that blow up buildings and terrorise people. It's like, well, the defenders aren't there because it's not their jurisdiction anymore. Yeah. Yeah. That's always one thing with superhero films, isn't it? When you've got... Well, people always bring it up when the when heroes are their own individual films. Yeah. I mean, not so much Thor when he's off in space and everything, but when it's Earth-based, so when Doctor Strange is doing his or Amma's doing... Why don't the rest of them just turn yeah. up? Yeah. Why isn't Iron Where's Man Captain America yeah. protecting him? Why don't them just turn up and help out? Yeah. So it, it does do a good job of keeping a reason for the defenders not being there. Yeah. 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 And it never mentions that they're not there. Taking, so taking some of their 28 days annual leave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, you, but you kind of, once you're into it, you go, I, you forget that there are defenders and yeah. daredevils and things yep. hanging out. You forget that they're there. You forget they're part of it. It is its own show. Yeah. And it is. About it's not about being a superhero. It's not even about being a hero. It's a, well, in a way, I suppose it is. But it's about being a veteran. It's about, it's about having PTSD. About yeah. dealing with the fallout of returning from war. It's about family as well. Like, yeah. what is a family? Is it the people that you're close with? Is it the people that you were yeah. born into? You know, it's it deals a lot with. Especially in the States, it's a big thing, but it deals a lot with how veterans are treated in general. Yeah. And when they come back from war, there's a lot of 
lot of that. There's a lot, of, I think a lot of political, a lot of yeah. uh, a lot of two A's are gonna get a bit angry in that show, I think. Yeah, the but the whole thing is like there's no real villain until perhaps the middle point in the series. Yeah. Up until then, it is all about the people in Frank Castle's life. And yeah. It comes up with a conspiracy story, like why people would be invested in these characters and what they're doing, and the reason for Frank having to go back to being that sort of person who murders folks, yeah. but um, which is done very cleverly. I guess. Yeah, uh, I, I think there are two bits to it as well, without spoiling anything. There are two very poignant bits to the whole film. I think the beginning of the whole show. Sorry, I think the first is the beginning when he's done being a Punisher because yep. he's done being a Punisher within 10 minutes of the show starting well in the first scene you see him yeah. burning the he, flak jacket yeah before the opening credits yeah uh, he, he burns his flak jacket and that's it he's not the Punisher anymore and he just becomes Frank Castle and then Maybe. when when he puts it on again like two thirds yeah, of the yeah. way through the show and <laughs> it has meaning when he does it, does. it. it's like it's not, it's not just oh this is the reason that we've got Punisher back in yeah. costume it's like a uh, uh, the, the fact that he can't escape the stuff that he's done. Yeah. And that's the whole thing about Punisher. Like, the whole reason that he is the way he is is de- developed through series two of Daredevil, which is that he he has PTSD, he has a proper brain injury. The reason he keeps seeing yeah. flashbacks to his family is he can't, he physically can't escape that happening, and it would drive you mad. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I just thought they dealt with the whole thing really, yeah. really well. And it was... And supremely Utterly violent. Yeah. Supremely Just, violent. <laughs> no, no nipples. You know, when there's sex scenes and there's a few sex scenes, you don't see any nudity because that, that would corrupt minds. Yeah. You know, but uh, he can go machine gun people down in a playground or he can go and... But that's the thing, though, that when, he put, when he puts his, his skull flat jacket on and then just causes bloody mayhem. Yeah. It is one of the most fun scenes in TV ever. There's a scene where... Um, I will again try not to spoil it because it's only been out like less it's than been a, a week. Of weeks, and yeah. I just want, but he he says I'll wait. Do you know which scene? But yeah. he stays back. Yeah. That's the moment he said that. I just had like a grin. I come up. It was like couldn't stop it from yeah. suppressing. I was like, yeah, this is gonna be good. Yeah. And it's like it's a bloodlust though, right? I mean, yeah. you know, I don't feel good thinking that he's gonna stay and murder loads of people. This is gonna be great. No. But. It is entertaining and it's shot really well. We were talking before we started recording. Yeah. The scene in series two of Daredevil where he's in the prison. Yeah. One of the best scenes in the whole of the Marvel um, yeah, show well, so far. Yeah, it's it's a be- it's a beautifully choreographed fight scene. It's a beautifully filmed scene in general. But that's like there's so many scenes like that in this series. Yeah. That it's it was totally worth them doing. I would say possibly the best one they've done. Yeah. I want to go back and watch Daredevil again, but. It's, I would say I, I did go into it very biased we, uh, we've spoken a lot especially on the yeah. podcast Punisher is my favourite Marvel character even the shit Dolph Lundgren version of the Punisher <laughs> I really quite like but yeah I, I fucking I adored it and it was so much fun it's, for people that know the characters it's got such an amazing payoff for the end Yeah, and it is it is a payoff it is something that people that it's know worth, the characters yeah know is coming and it's still I know it crossed a lot of people's lines I think I know I know at least one person that had to turn away while they were watching a couple of scenes in that film because they are supremely violent yeah. they are very nasty but it's, it's, it's been created by Steve Lightfoot who's yes. behind Hannibal as well yes. Brian Fuller yeah um, and if you, anyone's seen Hannibal they'll know 
how yeah, violent, how violent it can get. Yeah, it, so it carries uh, that through to this. So it does. Perfect guide to create the show, then. It's. Re- I, I hope it gets to season two. I think so. I don't know what they do with it season two, but I think they've left it. But that's why I'm not showrunner. I'm just a viewer. Yeah. Yeah. For the next series, right? Not everything was tied up with a bow. No. There were a few things there that you think, oh, okay, this I'd, could come into play again. I like that they brought in Micro. Yeah. Micro's a, fu- a really fun character. I think they took too long. Anybody that's read the comic books yeah. or seen any of the other films knows that Micro is his sidekick. So to waste three hours at the beginning of the show getting to that point was a bit of a waste. But that's probably but it worked. My, yeah, it did it well. That's probably my only complaint about the show. Yeah. I thought it was fucking great. And the acting, I thought in for a couple of a couple of the cops. I thought yeah. I the, the I can't remember her name, but the main lieutenant. the homeland girl. Yeah. Uh, girl. Yeah, I know what you mean. She grew on me. Yeah. But the, her partner did not grow on me. I think I, really, I think I saw her in like a, an episode of The Borgias is the only thing right. I can name her from. Yeah. Uh, Burnthal, I, I said it then and I'll say it now, Burnthal's a fucking great punisher. Perfect casting. Perfect <laughs> casting. Yeah. Um, my pick is Stranger Things Season 2. Cool. Yeah. Um, season one came out of nowhere as this like surprise hit. No yeah. one knew anything about. It just appeared on Netflix one day, and everyone was like, "I've got to watch this." It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was. I mean, it played on nostalgia as much as anything ever has. It made you think of '80s movies and <coughs> everything from Ghostbusters and ET. There was one scene in season one where they're all riding their bikes, and I thought. Uh, was going to make them take off yeah. their bikes and then just flipped over the cop car. Yeah, but I yeah. thought, this is going to be like ET, it's all going to take off their bikes. <laughs> no, cop car's done. Um, and season two, and you're kind of worried about the difficult second album. Nothing to worry. It wasn't yeah. as good as season one, but I don't think a lot, I don't think it could have been. Partly because it was such a surprise hit. Um, it was a bit different because nothing had been done like that for quite a while. I mean, Obviously, you've got all the 80s movies, but they weren't being nostalgic when they were made. Yeah. And then you've got stuff like Super 8 as a, as a movie, yeah, which was sure. that kind of thing but uh, as a film, but nothing really like that for a while. And it was, yeah, so season two picks up pretty much as season one left off. Elle isn't really talking to the boys anymore, the situation's changed. So some people still want to see it, it's only quite new out, so yeah, I don't yeah. try to spoil it too much, but obviously, the. Uh, the upside down is starting to uh, affect the everyday life of the town. What's the town's name? I couldn't tell you. I was I this close, that. I almost went Haddonfield, and that's not what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> Haddonfield, yeah. But yeah, it's starting to affect the town. It's yeah. still quite, you've, you've still got all the fun elements, like the, the kids, the, the four lads, are, they're, they're great. They're great. They're really yeah. good as, you know, as a little group of, you know, Dustin as well, he's by far the best one. Yeah, 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 he's not good. Um, and, his, and his thing in the final episode yeah. is like, oh, yeah. Dustin. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's so much fun, it works, it's got mystery, it's got a bit of intrigue. Even the um, eighth episode, I think it was, that seven. People, were, seven seven. people were criticising. As you're, as you're watching it as part of a binge watch, it doesn't really matter that much. If you're, if you're watching it week by week, you can see why it might grate a bit more. But for me, just watching it, it wasn't... Yeah, you it wasn't, just play through that yeah, one. it wasn't great. Yeah. You, just get, I think it, it, you just get it done. I yeah. think it's a great episode. I think my problem is its placement. 
Yeah. I think it broke the the pace. The flow, yeah. It was uh, to interrupt it, wasn't it? Well, because any other episode, I think it would have been fine, but the way the episode previous ended, yeah. with what is a fucking spectacular aliens yeah. homage, yeah. and then moved on to this, which was just completely broke everything, and then went yeah. back. So I was like, well, yeah. move it over there, or up to yeah. the end. Its placement is important because yeah. it changes everything Hell, yeah, afterwards. Yeah. Like, if you'd have done it the episode before, I think a lot of people would have been happier with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, all but of it's else, not a bad episode. Not in the side. There's a fucking it's brilliant not as bad episode. As what I didn't are like it. It's not as bad as what people are making out. It just felt a bit misplaced. Oh, I did. It basically, but it felt like they'd taken L and thrown it into yeah. a Michael Jackson music video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the whole Ghostbusters, even them catching the little creatures with the Ghostbuster yeah, yeah. thing was yeah. just brilliant. And yeah, it's it's got everything. It's got the nostalgia things. It makes you think of all the eighties movies you watched when you're growing up. It's, it's it's cool. It's funny. It's charming. It's got it's got the, the it's got a really good plot. You know, whole upside down and that element to it and what the the scientists are kind of doing and looking at and exploring you're the and demigorgons and. It's basically what yeah. happened if John Carpenter made the Goonies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Steve was a great hero. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was brilliant. Yeah, poor Steve. <laughs> I don't know, we like, it's been confirmed for season three now, hasn't it? Yes, so it definitely ended that uh, season three was possible. Yeah. I mean, whether whether it can keep going as good as it is, you like to think so. Uh, um, Netflix can't do season threes. <laughs> Netflix. <laughs> Can't do no, season no, three. I mean, the other thing some people have suggested you could do with it is, is that, all right, you lose a lot of the current cast, you keep their characters and kind of do what the original it did and go forward yeah. to have them as adults and you move it forward to say the 90s, so then you've got yeah. another period of nostalgia you can exploit. Yeah. And but you know you still got the same characters, but you've you've, you've got them older. Yeah. So the the, the kids go, but some of those. Yeah. So, but yeah, that that was great. I watched it over two sittings in two days, and probably just a bit disappointed. I didn't drag it out a bit longer. <laughs> Sorry, it's fucking Larry David. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, that was my uh, favourite Netflix uh, show of. Uh, it's a good choice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but with with you guys both being punished, that's that's, that's done. it. That's we're, done. we're out. That's a wrap. Yeah, I don't actually know when this is going to be released. No, we're not sure yet. No, soon. But yes, yes. Thank you for all for joining us over the last five long years of podcasting. Um, we'll see you again at least in other ventures, if not this one, at some point. The Failed Critics Podcast is presented by Steve Norman and Owen Hughes with contributions from different guests every week with original music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com from the track The Bandit remixed by James Yule who you can find at jamesyule.com You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Failed Critics on iTunes and all good podcast apps or you can check us out at failedcritics.com If you enjoyed this episode please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a rating or a review and why not check out our sister podcasts Character Run and Field and Mullinger's Underground Nights from the failed media network of podcasts. Thanks for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.